I speak to you in the name of our one God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. The children's book, A Fish Out of Water, was published in 1961 and is credited to Helen Palmer, the wife of Theodore Gazelle, who was also known as Dr. Seuss. In this book, a little boy buys a goldfish from the pet store. The boy, for reasons known only to him, names the fish Otto. Mr. Carp, the appropriately named store owner, gives the boy instructions on how to care for the fish, including strict feeding instructions. Never feed him a lot, just so much and no more. Never more than a spot, or something may happen, you never know what. The boy, of course, disobeys and gives the fish not just a pinch of fish food, but dumps the entire container of fish food in the fishbowl all at once. He does this out of compassion for his new friend who he thinks is looking at him longingly for more food. Otto begins to grow uncontrollably, quickly outgrowing his fishbowl. The boy has to move Otto to a series of larger and larger containers, a flower vase, the sink, a kitchen pot, a bucket, and on and on until Otto outgrows them all and he's sending water everywhere into the house. And as is always the case with these stories, there are no parents in sight. Finally, Otto ends up in the bathtub. And when Otto outgrows the bathtub, the house begins to flood. The boy requests help from a police officer and then the fire department, who figure out how to take Otto from the house down to the public swimming pool, where they plop him in. He immediately grows to fill the size of the pool, and all of the swimmers jump out screaming in fear. In desperation, the boy calls Mr. Carp who is not surprised as boys always ignore his instructions. When Mr. Carp arrives, he dives into the pool and pulls Otto below. He finally emerges with Otto back to his normal size in the fish bowl. He refuses to say how he did it, but he tells the boy never to overfeed Otto again. All you need is a spot, just a spot, he says. Just a pinch of red pepper, a spoonful of sugar, an iota, a tad, a smidge, or a smidgen, a touch, a soupçon, if you're really fancy, and my personal favorite, the mysterious jot and tittle. We have lots of ways for saying you don't need a lot of something, that a small bit of it will do. Not because you may end up with a fish growing too large, but because fish simply don't need a lot to eat. But we often have a hard time believing it. So the soup ends up too salty, the dog ends up gaining weight, we smother our kids with love, and we send one more text to explain ourselves when all we're doing is making it worse. In fact, all we need is a spot or a mustard seed because faith the size of a tiny mustard seed is truly enough, Jesus tells us. The disciples ask Jesus for more faith in today's gospel reading. Jesus has been telling them 
about the challenges of discipleship, forgiveness and repentance, service to others, believing that he is indeed the Messiah, the one who's coming to usher in the kingdom of God. He's told them not to be stumbling blocks to others. He's spoken in parables that they don't really understand, and they cry out, increase our faith. And Jesus responds, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry bush, move, and it would obey you. The Greek word for if in that sentence sets off a conditional, but it actually tells us about reality, not wishful thinking. It expresses the reality of our faith. It tells us Jesus' assumption that the disciples indeed have this faith. The same Greek word is used when Satan tempts Jesus in the wilderness. If you are the Son of Man. In that passage, it actually affirms Jesus' status as the Son of God. And here, it affirms our faith is indeed the size of a mustard seed. And that's a good thing. For faithfulness is not about size or quantity. It's not measured by the difficulty of the task or the emotional challenge of our lives. Faith is not a theory or a doctrine. It is a relationship of trust and love, a relationship with Jesus Christ, in which we are open, giving of our lives to Christ and receiving eternal life, life to keep us going in this time and forevermore. When we speak of faithfulness in a marriage or in a friendship or between a parent and child, we are speaking of a commitment to give and receive each other's lives and to carry this relationship with us wherever we go. And so the faith the size of a mustard seed is faith enough. Now faith doesn't change the circumstances of our lives. It is not a shield against pain or difficulties of life. Our reading from the pulpit Habakkuk makes this clear. Habakkuk is writing when the Babylonians are gaining power and threatening the Israelites. The prophet is struggling with maintaining faith in God's great rule in spite of the unjust world and the oppression that he sees around him, around and against the Israelites. Now he's not hostile or indifferent to faith, but he's passionately searching for God's signs of God's ways in the world. With all his questioning of the hard circumstances around him, Habakkuk is actually showing his faith in God's faithfulness. And God responds that the righteous live by their faith. Faith doesn't change the circumstances of our lives. Rather, faith changes us. We live by faith not because we have faith enough, but because we have any faith at all. It is by faith that we get up in the morning and keep going when times are hard. It is by faith that we reach out and say, I need help. It is by faith that we act in small, everyday ways to love someone. It is by faith that we offer our presence and prayers for those in need. And it is by faith that we sit still and wait for God to show us the way forward. Faith is lived out in our ordinary, everyday lives. We get up and we care for ourselves, prepare ourselves for the day. We notice the nice cool weather outside. We take care of pets or children or check in with a parent or a friend. We get to work or school or the pickleball courts. 
We greet and smile at strangers at Kroger and Publix, or friends we meet for coffee or lunch. We listen to our, our teachers and our friends as they tell us stories. We check in on colleagues who are struggling, struggling with work dilemmas or the weight of a burden at home. We wonder how someone we love is doing this day, just crosses through our mind. We hug our kids or our dogs. We say hello to our neighbor. We do all these ordinary things all the time. They make up our lives, and we do them as acts of faith. For living by faith is not about heroic gestures, or those we can do those too. It is not a scarce resource that we hoard and then dole out only to those that we love. Faith is about humbly doing every day what needs to be done. So think for a minute. Think right now. What is one thing you did yesterday? One thing. Taking care of yourself, someone else, the garden. One thing you did. Smiling at somebody. One thing. Think of it right now. This is an exercise. Think of that thing. And then think about what if you hadn't done that thing? What are the ripple effects of you not having done that thing? Imagine if all of us hadn't done that one thing, if it hadn't happened yesterday. Collectively, that's striking. Because Jesus would call so many of the unnoticed acts we do each day, the simple acts of doing what we do, acts of faith in God, faith that Jesus is the one who saves us, faith that the kingdom of God is among us, Faith that God loves us and tells us to love others. Acts of faith, all of them. The second paragraph in our gospel talks about unworthy servants. That's the translation I prefer. We are servants to God and one another in our acts of faith. For when we do what we are asked to do, we are acting in faith. Faith is the willingness to do what needs to be done humbly and every day. It is the obedience to God that comes from this relationship of faith with the one who created us, loves us, and saves us. Even when you ask God to give you more faith, you are showing you have faith. Even when you ask, where has my faith gone, you are showing you have faith. We have a mustard seed of faith. It's already placed within us because Jesus is that mustard seed. It is truly enough. Like the boy in the story, Fish Out of Water, we don't need more than a spot of faith. If we start asking for more, we're actually missing the point. It's like the temptation to feed the fish more than the fish needs to eat, more than a spot of food. We don't need Jesus to supersize our faith. Otto, the fish, doesn't need more food. For a spot of food keeps the fish the right size for its bowl. And a mustard seed of faith keeps us humble and reminds us that we are God's servants and not God. We don't need more faith. What we need is to respond to the faith that we have by knowing that our everyday acts are acts of faith and by continuing to seek ways to glorify God, nurture our relationship with Jesus, serve one another, and care for ourselves as God's created beings. As Mr. Karp says, all you need is a spot.
just a spot. Amen.